0: Hello and welcome to the Moncast.
1: A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and the differences that they share.
0: My name is Stevie. And I'm Sam. And the score currently stands at 23-22 to Digimon, and this time we are watching episode 46, Etmon's Comeback Tour and Holy Matrimony. <laughs> Administration across the nation this is a theme song it's not very long
1: that theme song like just grinds me every every time it just gets a little bit worse and a little bit worse i'm like no
0: oh i could i could try and make it worse if you wanted
1: oh please no i beg you
0: for once let's not go straight twitter and instead give you some news we're releasing on sundays now instead i forgot to tell you last week when we released on sunday oops
1: yeah because we used to record on tuesdays but but
0: we used to record on whatever day we finally got around to it
1: i mean even today we're supposed to record on tuesdays but this is a wednesday because my shower decided to fall into my neighbor's house yesterday so showers are so inconsiderate we're releasing on sundays because we get an extra day to edit and everything and it's going to be easier for us if we record if we release on sundays because then stevie gets an extra day to do your side of editing i get an extra day to do my side of everything, editing and everything. And yeah, it's, it's just, it gives us that extra day, which is kind of really good and useful for us. So yeah, Sundays.
0: Yep, Sundays. I don't know what we'll do if we ever go back to two episodes a week, though.
1: I honestly, I could not imagine us doing two episodes a week right now. I think I would be in tears, especially like at the moment with work and everything. That means I'd be doing 14 hour days <laughs> coming home. Sleeping for like five hours, getting up, recording an episode, getting ready for work.
0: You've forgotten to factor in watching the episodes.
1: I wouldn't be able to. I'd just have to make it up as I go along. Slowly but surely, I'd say less and less and less until like one episode. It's just me sobbing. Yeah, I think we might start two episodes a week when it uh, slows down a bit.
0: We'll actually be consistent, hopefully. Remember we had like two episodes a week for like ten episodes in a row? I have no idea how I managed that.
1: To be fair, though, we have we have said several times how we're, like, busy people and we have weirdly changing schedules all the time, so... As long as we are getting episodes out, it's still good.
0: So, do you want to talk about your bit of quote-unquote news?
1: New, I have news?
0: Something about Pikachu?
1: Oh, yeah, uh, I caught a festive Pikachu. Pokemon Go had an update where we can catch, we can now hatch some of the baby Pokemon, well, all of the baby Pokemon from Gen 2 in eggs, and you can catch a Pikachu with a festive hat. I caught one yesterday and it's adorable. That's basically the news that I wanted to say because I feel like it's important.
0: Festive Pikachu is cute.
1: It's got a little, like, Santa hat and it's adorable.
0: Pikachu's always adorable, though.
1: It's like the Pikachu in Sun and Moon, the hopefully event one we can get, which has Ashes hats. They're really cute. And they have this Like, I think it's called 10 million volt Thunderbolt or something as it's like Z-Move. It's really cool. It looks great and I can't wait for it.
0: Speaking of Sun and Moon, I've still not played any more of it.
1: I did watch like two episodes of the Sun and Moon dub and I'm so upset that we've got so long to wait until we get to it because it's so good. Indigo League isn't. I'm not gonna lie. It's bad. (laughs) Like, it was okay at the start, but it's, they're just going in circles doing not a lot.
0: I think that's what all of Pokemon is. That's pretty much what you do in the games. You just go in circles and level up your pokes and then you do something and then you go in circles <laughs> again.
1: Cool. Right. Any any other Admon?
0: You did a poll didn't you by accident on the Twitter account?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm doing um some drawing challenges in january and one of the ones is the best and the worst so uh, i need to find the best i was going to do the dot masters the best Dot master and the worst dot master and i was going to mash them together so i wanted to see what everybody's was because mine are basically like i can't really decide because they're kind of okay like they're all I, I don't really have a favorite and i don't really have a least favorite really i kind of like Machine Dramon, but then i also like metal pseudramon and then like i don't really care for puppetmon and piedmon but i also like them so i'm I can't pick, so I was like, I'll just let other people pick. So uh, I'll see what what that will be. And then I have to draw those two stuck together. But that's not really Admon, that's accidental, because that's not supposed to be with the Moncast, that's supposed to be a little thing that I'm doing.
0: But you put it on the Moncast, so...
1: I did, and then we got a response on Facebook.
0: And they say, Pyramon is best, was genuinely a threat. Metal Seedramon is worst, since he was only there to die. And that's from Jason David on Facebook.
1: Yeah, I, I like Metal Seedramon, but I do agree that he he's like the first one and every, every first villain in a boss rush of bosses is, is going to be the easiest to kill. And I like Piedmon, I won't talk about it till we get to him, but we've seen a little bit of him and he's kind of cool.
0: I like Piedmon, but I think that is everything.
1: Cool. Shall we get on with this episode? Yes. The first episode we're watching is Holy Matrimony. Team Rocket find
0: themselves back at James' home, where his parents have recently passed away, leaving their estate to him in their will, providing he marries Jezebel first. They're not really dead though, it was just a trap to lure him inside the mansion. Jesse and Meowth try and force James into getting married so they can grab the inheritance, but James is reluctant as this upper class lifestyle just isn't for him. Jezebel attacks with the vile plume to try and prevent his escape, but James is saved by his childhood companion Growly the Growlithe, who defeats Jezebel and scares her off giving James his chance to escape and keep living his exciting life as a member of Team Rocket. P.S. Ash and Co. were just observers this entire episode and I honestly couldn't care less about them.
1: It starts off with a shot of Brock rubbing the egg because you mentioned in the last episode that the egg wasn't even mentioned at all and and the, the writers knew that they're like, oh, Stevie called us out on this, so let's let's get the egg for the briefest like three seconds at the start of this episode.
0: It's just there. Nothing happens with it. It's just a reminder that it exists.
1: And the gang are just and they do this so much. Where they're just walking and then the plot just falls around them. And it's it's they do it in this episode so much, like they just they're just walking along and they see a poster of a young person who looks like james it, it looks significantly younger like maybe 5 years younger
0: yeah it looks like early teens at the oldest
1: and then they're just looking at the poster and this limousine pulls up next to them from nowhere and this guy says do they know who that is and it's like what's the what what are the chances that this limo is also going to pull up next to them the same time that they're looking at his poster. And this reminds me of that episode, which I do not like, where there was a missing boy and then there's this, the parents are just there at the same time that Ash and Co are there because they're going to find the child.
0: The one with Hypno.
1: Oh my God, how many missing boys are there? There's the one with Tommy, which is the one I hate. There's the one with Hypno and whatever the kid's name is. I can't remember. He He was a fish or something. Now there's this one with James. But yeah, they say that it looks like James, so he abducts Ash and Co. And then Team Rocket are there, they also see the poster, and James is really nervous because Jesse and Meowth are like, oh, we can just go and get this, In let's go investigate this mansion thing, because it looks like you and he's like "Oh, no, i don't want to do this so ash and co pull up to the mansion and they're like oh this is a massive house and then the, the butler guy's like no this is just the dog's house that's the mansion which is right next to it and it's even bigger and it's like "Ha, yeah the dog lives in a fancier house than most people <laughs>
0: they're really rich people
1: they are insanely rich people and you think if they've lost their kid they'd be able to afford like private detectives or something or put like some radio broadcasts out or adverts on tv or have a constant search party or maybe more than just like this one poster stuck in the ground that is like really old
0: Somebody tells me the police service isn't very good at finding missing people
1: no because remember what happened last time they had that psychic wave detection thing
0: happens to detect sleep waves
1: <laughs> i have this thing that will solve the plot right now
0: i didn't think to use it till you turned
1: up or oh, there's the last episode with dr flirty McAwful awful where there's just one person so basically pokemon is a world where there isn't too much bad that's happening so they only need like one person per service per tower
0: the emergency services are so incompetent they couldn't find a five-year-old boy that was dropped into a jungle
1: yeah i mean how far would he have gone
0: he was a baby he couldn't really crawl that fast
1: but they don't care back to this episode they go and they see that james's parents have died because there's two coffins and we see a a painting of them and i was like is it weird how james's mother looks exactly like jesse and i feel like that's weird
0: i don't think his mother does
1: she looks a lot like jesse because like she's got the same haircut in the poster but I didn't really... Like, I haven't seen this episode in such a long time. I forgot about Jezebel, which we'll talk about in a minute. Either James's parents died ages ago, and they've kept the coffins there. Or they died recently, and this is another coincidence of, oh, now they've only got 24 hours. Like, Because well, after that, you find out that they've he's got 24 hours to get the uh, to get married to someone, to get the inheritance. So I'm like, this is all very plot convenient.
0: They just happened to die this morning.
1: It seems like pokemon the plots basically fly around and all this stuff just converges on ash and whatever ash is doing this is when the thing is going to happen so we find out that they died that day and it's weird because if they died where's the funeral procession and all the people if they're rich and powerful surely they will have like rich and powerful friends as well not just there's the butler and there's the coffins just there. So that was weird.
0: But Team Rocket overhears them discussing the inheritance, and Jessie and Meowth are all for James marrying someone to get this money.
1: So now this episode's turned into an episode about arranged marriages, I'm like, oh, this is very political, the Pokémon.
0: It's about holy matrimony. That's where the episode title comes from. It's
1: weird. So we get James's backstory where he was a child and he was going to die in the cold.
0: Yeah, Ash and Carlos step outside and think about, like, maybe they should go find James so he can say goodbye to his parents. And then Team Rocket falls from, like, the top floor of the mansion and lands right in front of them.
1: Because plot convenience.
0: Jesse and Meowth try to drag James inside, but he's like, no, no, I don't remember anything. (laughs) I just remember this one childhood story. And he tells the story of how he ran away with Growly the Growlithe and then he died
1: and everybody's in tears apart from misty and misty's just like why are you all sad he's right here telling us the story (laughs) and then James is like oh yeah oh yeah i didn't die i'm right here telling you the story it's a sad story though it is this well it's not really sad because we don't really know much about it there's just a child walking in the cold and then he falls down
0: he ran away with his dog it was cute Anyway, so Jesse and Meowth drag James inside, and then James's parents aren't dead.
1: You've missed out a part, a part there where Jesse and Meowth decide to adopt invisible costumes. They're like the classic Japanese stage costumes when you're doing, like, when you're a stagehand and stuff, or if you're moving puppets and stuff on in, like, theatre and stuff, you'd wear these black outfits so people can't see your body, which is why even in, like, even in England and stuff when we do theatre, because I did theater at college and stuff because i'm one of those people that didn't have any prospects for the future if you were doing anything like backstage or you were a stagehand or whatever you had to wear black because people couldn't see you then because the last thing you want to do is see some white nikes running across the stage in a blackout but they say that they're going to be invisible i'm like no no th- th- that's dumb and then like the butler doesn't acknowledge them at all i'm like no they, they can't this isn't working this can't actually be working But it works. But it works for some reason. And then they go to look at the coffins. And then the parents did a bit of the motto (laughs) for Team Rocket. So I like, are James' parents ex-Team Rocket members who made it and got rich and then left?
0: Maybe it's not a Team Rocket motto. It's just a Jesse and James motto that James picked up from his parents. Maybe. And then just expanded to make the Team Rocket thing. He inherited the motto.
1: Basically, James's parents faked their deaths to lure James out, which is really weird.
0: Especially since it didn't really work. No. I mean, they just happened to be there. They didn't come back because they found out his parents had died.
1: What happens if James didn't arrive and come and claim the inheritance? Would they have to just pretend to be dead now? Every day
0: they fake the death, just in case he comes home.
1: They spend the rest of their days hiding in those coffins, pretending to be dead. Little did they know that they died years ago. Ooh,
0: spooky. It's a weird episode. This is
1: such a weird episode. Even the island of Giant Pokemon makes more sense than this. Because at least there were Pokemon in it. At the end of the episode, like a headcount wise, there are four Pokemon in this episode. Two of them are Regulars, which are Pikachu and Meowth. The other two are Vileplume, which we've seen before, I think.
0: I can't remember if we saw them in
1: Erika's gym. We may have. I can't remember, but it might have been a Gloom. And we've seen a Growlithe before. But yeah, so there's two Pokemon. And they do the most token of things, like they're just there for random moments. So the parents want James to marry someone called Jezebel, which is a play on the word Jezebel, which is an old word for someone who was a bit of a promiscuous person. So like, oh, name the girl James is supposed to marry after someone who is awful.
0: I didn't get that it was a play on anything. I thought it was just a mixture between Jesse and Belle. because she looks exactly like jesse but with a different hairstyle and voice
1: oh no it's a play on uh her looking like jesse and being basically jesse but uh jezebel is close to the word jezebel which was an insult but yeah she looks exactly like jesse
0: it's very odd
1: and then it cuts to the break and we got the who's that pokemon and it was Vileplume. and up to now like we haven't actually seen any Pokémon apart from Meowth and Pikachu, but they're regular, so they basically don't count as Pokémon. And I'm like, where's this vile plume coming from? <laughs> they just—they couldn't think of anything, so they just found the next Pokémon they could think of and just stuck it in.
0: Well, I prefer it when they don't show you the Pokémon beforehand because like, so that just makes the "Who's that Pokémon?" super easy.
1: It was a fun little thing that the kids got to do in the breaks.
0: If everyone's already seen the Pokémon and knows its name, then it's just pointless.
1: So, this is what we know so far. The gang saw a poster of a much younger James. Then a guy kidnaps them. James has run away from home to avoid an arranged marriage. His parents have faked their own death to trick James into coming home and marrying a girl who looks exactly like Jessie. What is this episode? Like, it starts out of pure chance and it comes from nowhere, and there's no Pokemon in it. There's literally just a Growlithe we've seen in the flashback. Apart from that, there's nothing.
0: I don't mind that.
1: It's so weird. It's just so weird compared to the other episodes we've seen.
0: That's what makes it so much better than the other episodes we've seen.
1: Because at least in in the last episode, yeah, they were playing Doctor, but it was Pokemon Doctor and Superglue.
0: I don't care if it's not Pokemon, as long as it's interesting and fun.
1: That's the point of the show, is to find the little beasts and collect them and battle them. Not, let's talk about the problems with upperclassmanship and arranged marriages
0: it's the problems with james i like james so i like it
1: i'm just saying you could probably turn this this into like a different anime where it's like some show about these rich bureaucrats and just imagine the main character being like this this high school girl who befriends this rich guy and he's like amazing because he's like really well educated and everything but he doesn't like his parents because they want him to have an arranged marriage and stuff i could see this being like a 40 episode series but they've ter- somehow turned like or on high host club it reminds me of that a lot where there, there are these insanely rich people who have uh like a certain way of acting and being it reminds me of that a lot and it's just so weird and they're still pretending like jesse and meowth aren't there even though like they've blatantly spoken at times and the butler's being like what was that and it's like, okay, well, if 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 you truly can't see them, that makes sense. But if you're pretending to not see them, which they are, why would you say that? You would ignore it. You wouldn't potentially expose them on more than one occasion. So, Jezebel decides to get James to come down to the vault to count the money with her. And, like, this is... So weird. And also the gang are there. No one's stopping them, by the way. They've been there this entire time. They've just basically stood there eating popcorn.
0: They're literally just in this episode because they are supposed to be the main characters.
1: I think this episode would have been better if Ash and Co. weren't there and it was just Jesse, James and Meowth. It would have been so much better because we wouldn't have to have the little flash of the egg at the start or we could have just had them walking and then it could have cut to like a path next to them, which Team Rocket were walking on. We wouldn't have to have like any of Ash or anything in there, which all Ash does in this episode is it gets Pikachu, Pikachu to use one attack. Apart from that, they just stood there. They don't know what to do now. They're involved in this because that's what they do.
0: Because they're the main characters.
1: Yeah, basically because they're the main characters, they they have to be in every episode.
0: I don't care anymore. I've given up on Ash and Co. Team Rocket are the new main characters.
1: I actually quite like Team Rocket a lot more than like Ash and Co.
0: They're like the ones saving grace for the series.
1: They're the ones that are causing a lot of the good things to happen, like they helped Ditto transform properly, they helped Paris evolve, well, help Paris get used to fighting.
0: And they're more entertaining as well.
1: And this is like the second episode where we've got backstory, because they even mention it in this episode about the bike Gang. So we've had that, and now we've had a lot of backstory about James, which is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm glad we're learning more about them. As opposed to what we did with Ash, Brock and Misty where we just got thrown the entire backstory at the start when we first met them.
0: As a whole, Team Rocket's just better than Ash and Co. Because Team Rocket is Team Rocket, whereas Ash and Co is just Ash and Co. Ash sucks and the Co is just along for the ride. Ash doesn't really interact with Co at all. But when Team Rocket just has a conversation and does their stuff, it's entertaining and funny and there's a good group dynamic. But Ash and Co are boring and they're just all there for their own individual goals, and they suck.
1: They're just wandering around, basically. That They don't do anything, like, not for the past, like, almost 20 episodes. They just haven't done anything.
0: Yeah, they don't have any one group objective to tie them all together, either. They're all just based... They might as well not be together. They might as well just be walking <laughs> completely separately. They don't do anything as a group. I mean, they're all there in the same place, but they don't work together. There's no teamwork.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they're having like three separate conversations. Like Ash is there to battle. Misty's there to argue with Ash and crack puns and be the girl whenever the situation arises that they need someone to be the girl. And Brock's there to cook and basically explain why Ash hasn't starved to death in a forest.
0: And be a bit of a pervert.
1: Yeah, and and be a pervert whenever there's an opportunity to be a pervert. But can we both agree that this family exactly explains why Team Rocket have their dramatic flair with their costumes and intros? Pretty much. (laughs) Because we've got them faking their death so that the sun can return and then they've got them doing the motto as they escape their coffins and then lure him down to the dungeon where they're there with lights, like they just in spotlights as they appear and like, ha, it's all a trap we knew that jesse and meowth were there the entire time i can i could see this being the reason why team rocket have an introduction and costume changes and stuff which is good i like it i like this backstory it's
0: where james inherited his dramatic flair from
1: so it turns out that the vault is actually a training gym for Jezebel to train james into being a good husband so now we've got gender roles in there so we've got arranged marriages classism and gender roles
0: and she's very dominatrixy.
1: She's very, um, he's supposed to be this way and I will make him this way. I'm like, okay.
0: Like, she even has a whip and a costume for
1: it. And thigh-high boots. Exactly. And then the parents explain that they've always seen Jesse and Meowth, because why would they not see them? I'm like, okay, so basically what they had is they fake their deaths, they burst out of the coffins, and they see their son with two people basically pushing him along. And they're like, okay, let's all not say anything about it. Let's just let this happen because it'll all be helping our plan, which is very bizarre. So Jesse and Meowth drop a smoke bomb and run away.
0: Then Jezebel sends out Vileplume to use Stunspot on James. (laughs)
1: Like the first Pokemon that we've actually seen in the episode because we've had Gronoth mentioned, but that was in a flashback. But this is the first, and we are like three quarters of the way through the show now where we get the first Pokemon, and literally Vileplume is only there to knock them out and to be a Pokemon, because you could probably replace Vileplume with a diffuser, and the same thing would happen. Like, a spray can full of Febreze or something that knocks people out, and it'd be the same thing. That's why it's a Vileplume, because they need to knock out all the people real quick, so that they can eject them.
0: Vileplume knocks out Ash and Co. and Jesse and Rialt. And James. And then the butler takes out Ash and Co. and Jesse Meowth. The butler gets rid of everyone apart from James.
1: Who they can hear inside the house basically screaming in terror as he's assaulted, I'm assuming, by Jezebel.
0: Probably. He's not having fun in there. But then, the growl light comes.
1: Yeah, they can hear this banging on the the dog mansion door. And uh, Meowth says that the thing on the other side of the door wants them to open the door to the dog house. I'm like, what's a dog? Meowth. what is a dog? Is there a dog in this world? I don't think there's a dog, is there?
0: Growlithe's a bit of a dog. You probably have dog Pokemon.
1: Maybe, but are they called dogs? Yes so Growlithe runs out and goes and saves james because it can break out of once the doors open even though it didn't like jump through a window or use an attack to, to melt the door or something it just was hitting the door it managed to get into the house and down into the dungeon to save james so james escapes well well Growlithe gets james and runs away to the doghouse and James is telling them how he didn't like how he was raised to, like, to be an upperclassman and he didn't enjoy it. So this episode is talking about class as well because he hates how regimented it is and that the negative side of being rich and powerful. So this, this episode of Pokemon is tackling a lot of stuff. I don't think so. You don't think so?
0: I just saw it all as part of James's backstory. I didn't see it as any commentary on real life.
1: Well, it's talking about it, which is... I wouldn't say that they wrote this episode with the explicit intent of showing people the negative sides of being rich and powerful but i do i do see that it's it's something they're talking about in this episode which is weird for pokemon considering the last episode they used super glue to glue a horn back on a pincer in a hospital with one person in it like this is such a sidestep like they're they're showing a lot of different things in this episode like like arranged marriages and these insanely rich parents that james has ran away from is there's a lot more stuff to it even in like the last couple of episodes we've just seen the simple thing of they went digging and and then they went to well they they met a jigglypuff and then they went digging and then there were doctors for a bit and then all this and it's it's such a weird episode compared to the last couple we've seen
0: i wouldn't say it was weird i'd say it was different
1: okay it is different
0: it's just a drastic shift in what we've become accustomed to.
1: I'd say that it's better than what we've had.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like, this episode wasn't boring. It, it felt weird to me because it's so different. So then, Valplume and Jezebel break the, oh, the wall down of the, the dog mansion. And we see, this is the third time we've seen Valplume use its stock footage attack. Growlithe attacks Jezebel and she runs away because she's on fire, I think. Because Growlithe attacks and Pikachu attacks because ash has to do a thing in this episode because remember kids they're there so Jezebel runs away and knocks into james's parents who say that she's too good for their delinquent son which means that they're just assholes who care so little about their son and uh it's just shown us just how badly they treated him if they look at him and don't think he's good enough to be with this quite clearly demanding and I'd, i'd say controlling but i think she's controlling in a way that's like she wants him to be in a certain be a certain way which he doesn't want to be she doesn't see him as a person she sees him as a job role essentially and she'll do whatever she needs to do to make James fit that role instead of him being who he is and then James asks Growlithe to stay with his parents for some reason I'm like no James no Just take it take him with you why, why would you do this you should you should take the doggo with you he doesn't well you
0: forgot to say that when james is saying goodbye to growly the growler that he's suddenly in some sort of samurai costume
1: oh is he like a a traveling cloak and straw hat it
0: made me think samurai for some reason
1: it's going off that sort of thing like a wandering traveler and everything
0: it was very weird change in costume just for that moment
1: but it's james and as we've seen from his family it's not unusual for them I wouldn't be surprised if an entire wing of their mansion is dedicated to costumes and theatrics. And then it goes to Jesse and are walking away, feeling really upset because they think James has left them. And then you hear the first part of the motto and James is just in the balloon. So he's come back to them and they're really happy. He extends his hand and picks up Jesse and she gets into the balloon with them. and They have a really nice moment, which I thought was quite nice because they just talking about how they have each other's back and stuff which is really cute i thought it was a nice little moment they're just looking at each other being like you know we may not have riches but we'll get it next time because that's what we do because we're misfits and we're together and i thought that was really cute
0: and then meowth shouts to wait up
1: (laughs) which i thought was a nice little fun little ending to it
0: it's just typical team rocket
1: yeah so for once they didn't blast off
0: no they floated away
1: it's not the first time they haven't blasted off but It's one of the ones where they haven't and then it goes back to ash and co because we don't know what they're doing and we're super concerned about what's happening with them because they're the main characters and they're being chased by jezebel because she wants them to take her to uh james because they know who he is which is dumb what was your favorite thing team rocket mine's the same as well like especially that end scene where they're in the balloon and they're like exchanging a lock where they're basically saying to each other they've got each other's backs and they're both kind of outcasts but they'll always be able to stick together because that they are who they are which i think is really nice like being shown this version of jesse that he could because i don't even in the uh, the manga they're supposed to be a couple but in this they're not they're supposed to be partners which is quite nice i really like that that dynamic of those two just being like basically best friends who are also absolute dorks who cannot do anything properly <laughs> except some things they can do really well
0: like digging holes
1: yes they never monetize from that but i like how they're basically these two outcasts and it, they don't have to have this romantic entanglement they're just like yeah we're both kind of weirdos and losers but we have each other's backs and then Meowth is also there.
0: Meowth's part of the team.
1: Yeah he is he's great.
0: He's there to crack all the puns.
1: And make all the inventions.
0: I think Team Rocket are just my favorite thing in the whole series.
1: Yeah yeah I think I could I could quite happily watch a season where it's just Team Rocket. Overall thoughts?
0: It's just a really good episode it's exploring james origin story it's so much more interesting than any other character's origin story so far i mean ashes was just he turned 10 and then left brooks was dad came back to look after all the kids so he could leave
1: basically his dad wasn't there and he had to like take care of the entire household and his brothers and sisters
0: but then his dad came back so he could wander off
1: and then misty doesn't like her sisters
0: Misty's origin story was just she was out fishing and then Ash stole a bike and ever since she's just been following Ash around. That's her entire motivation for being there. But James has this whole thing of he's trying to escape from this lifestyle that his parents want him to live and he just wants to be free to do what he, do what he wants and go on these adventures.
1: I think it's like 45 episodes since we've met them because they weren't in the first one. We have finally we've basically now got a decent backstory to half of team rocket well a third of team rocket where he was this young boy raised in this insanely rich family but he did not like the lifestyle it was so regimented and he didn't want to get married to this girl because he has nothing in common with her and all she's going to do is make him be this this sort of person that he doesn't want to be so he runs away with a Growlithe and basically gets himself not injured but like he gets really hurt and he's freezing to death basically in in the cold
0: we don't know what happens after that (laughs) he ends up in a bicycle gang with jesse i'm confused now he like went to school and that's where he met jesse but
1: he doesn't meet jesse in the bike gang he actually meets her the first time on like a training thing in team rocket a bit of a spoiler for like like black and white season
0: that probably doesn't match up with what this series says
1: they were both in bike gangs, but they weren't in the same one.
0: No, because the, the bike gang recognised both of them.
1: They retcon it later on. They don't meet until Team Rocket training.
0: Like, they went to school together and then ended up in a bike gang and then became Team Rocket members. I think that's what we've got so far.
1: Which is nice. It's, it's more complex backstory than, I'm 10 now, Have a have a thing go do thing have an
0: electric mouse and go on an adventure and
1: then forget about it halfway through and just just basically wander around and get involved in stuff now because that's what you're entitled to do
0: but i think this is just the change of pace that pokemon needed to get me interested again because it, it can do good interesting episodes it's just so much filler the rest of the time
1: it just like for me like i can't help but say this episode's weird and it's like a good weird because it's just so different from what we've watched already
0: Prompted like half an hour of discussion. This is probably the longest poke discussion we've ever had.
1: It's definitely one of my favourite episodes as well. And it's weird how it's Poke, it's, it's it's Pokemon with the adventures of Ash and Co. But this episode, there's token amount of Pokemon in it to do some things.
0: I don't care if there's no Pokemon as long as it's still good.
1: Yeah, that's the thing though. Like there's a token amount of Pokemon and Ash and Co are literally just there because they're the main characters. And it's one of the better episodes we've watched because because of it and it's like that's pretty cool
0: it's the best episode of pokemon because it has very little to do with pokemon or oh, ash or oh, ash it's just all about james and team rocket
1: but like i said i think this episode would have been a lot better if they had done it while it was just team rocket because then we could have had a little bit more like, they would have given us maybe like five minutes extra time but that would have given us a lot more time where they could have done some extra things because like i think i didn't need to be in the episode they didn't do anything we didn't benefit from them being there.
0: They existed.
1: Anything else about this episode? Apart from that, it was quite good.
0: It's is really good.
1: And James's parents are awful people.
0: They're entertaining, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can you can see where he gets his flair from.
0: The second episode we are watching this time is Etamon's Comeback Tour.
1: Joe and Mimi are by themselves as the rest of the group decides to explore Puppetmon's mansion. Joe and Mimi find a wounded Ogamon and bandage him up and he decides to stick with them for a while. Out of the sky falls Metal Etamon, who tries to attack Joe and Mimi and Ogamon <laughs> Out of the sky falls Metal Etamon, who tries to attack them, but instead ends up fighting Puppetmon, giving the kids time to escape. Once they get bored of their fight, Puppetmon returns to his mansion, only to have Ty and the kids fire a cannon at him in an, ad- in an attempt to defeat him. Meanwhile, Joe, Mimi and Ogamon are preparing to fight Metal Etamon again, when a mysterious new Digimon appears before them.
0: Digimon. Digimon,
1: Digimon, Digimon. So, this episode starts off with Ogamon running from some Woodmon.
0: How many Woodmon could an Ogamon chuck if an Ogamon could chuck Woodmon?
1: Ogamon says four lines at the start. Two and a half of them were puns.
0: That's, that pretty much applies for all of Digimon. Two and a half out of every four lines are puns.
1: It cuts to Joe and Mimi eating food, and Mimi's apologising for not wanting to fight, saying it's selfish, and Joe says that. She's right because fighting just gets more, uh, has, ends up creating more and more fighting. And I quite like that little moment where they're just talking.
0: Yeah, and Joe thinks about his brother, who I've forgotten the name of. Might be Jim. Yeah, Jim. And just thinks about being a doctor, I guess.
1: It's a nice little character moment for them. Like, even this episode as well, it's kind of Joe and Mimi focused a little bit just a little and i like that i really like joe and mimi i've said it in the past couple of episodes and i do feel like this episode they get a lot of development especially mm. mimi actually no even, even even joe gets about the same amount as well which we'll talk about in a bit this meteor just appears in the sky and and, and falls near to Ogamon and woodmon and then it cuts it cuts a lot in this episode
0: and then it cuts to the meteorite crashing again, because they put a lot of effort into that meteorite crash, so they wanted to show it to us twice.
1: So it cuts to Ty and the rest of the kids discussing tactics and deciding to go to Puppet Mon's mansion, but it's not as simple as that. They, they stretch this conversation out so much, being all like, oh, well, what would Matt do at this point? It's like, why would Ty be thinking of that? Because Matt's not here at the moment. And then Sora's got an internal monologue thinking, oh, is he still going to go and do this thing and... I don't know why but for some reason this this simple conversation which could have been what do we do now why don't we go check out the mansion got stretched out by like another minute or two than it should be
0: I think it was justified because it was showing how the group was reaching their decision okay okay I just it wasn't just like if it was just we could go to the mansion okay let's go then it'd be pretty ridiculous that they'd reach that agreement just so easily
1: true true
0: at least this way it gives us a an idea of the group dynamic, now that three of the members have essentially gone. They've now got two young kids, Izzy, who's the computer genius, and Sora. And then Ty's leading the group.
1: So then, they're to, because uh, they also feel the meteorite land. So they go off to Puppetmon's mansion. And then you hear Etzaman talking in smoke so you can't see him. And he says that this is his comeback tour, which is the title of the episode. <gasps> so Joe and Mimi can see where the meteor landed and uh, wonder where it came from. And Palmon suggests LA, which I don't get the joke.
0: Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, I know. The joke isn't funny. (laughs) Well, if the meteor came from LA, I'm like... (laughs) Yeah,
0: the joke isn't funny. And also, Palmon shouldn't know about LA. So, it fails on two fronts.
1: I'd love to be in the writer's room when they explain this joke. And they're like, okay, so the meteor's landed. And they're asking where it's come from. Oh, why doesn't Palmon say... Maybe it came from L.A. And, like, he's there, like... Because because it'll be a guy, because this is a dumb joke and sexism. Also, I'm pretty sure most of the writers were men, because sexism and the 90s. And he's just there, like, what happened if you said it's from L.A.? And he's got his big big smile on his face, and the other writers are just looking at him. He's like, uh, yeah, from L.A.? And they're like, we don't get it, but put it in, please, because we're scared of him. And then they find Ogamon buried under some branches, but the way it's animated... The branches are just over Ogamon, nowhere else. There's this like empty field and then just an Ogamon lying there with branches just on top of him. Which is really bad looking, they could have animated a couple more there.
0: Yeah, how did that even happen?
1: Bad animation.
0: Also, where's the cliff that he fell off of? Where'd it go? Did the whole cliff just disappear? Because it's not there anymore.
1: It looked dramatic.
0: And then they have a really fast conversation. It's, like, so quick, the back and forth while they're talking about why they're helping Gogaman. It's just, like, line done. Next line. (laughs) It's super quick.
1: Well, Joe suggests leaving him alone and Mimi just runs up to him to try and help him. And then Joe goes to help him anyway. Why are
0: you helping me? I was so mean to you. Why?
1: Joe bandages up his arm with toilet paper, saying that when they were heading back to the digital world, that he thought of all the things that they would need and toilet paper was the first thing that came to his mind. Which is true, but also kind of gross. Because think of all those months that they were in the digital world. Like, were they just using leaves or whatever they could find?
0: Yeah, that that, that is odd.
1: I'm glad they didn't ever talk about it before. And then Ogmon cries because they were nice to him. So I guess he's nice now. Which is nice. Then Puppemon appears and... Mimi's scared that Pamon will get hurt. And then suddenly Joe's become all confident and he's like, go on, Gomamon, And then we get an evolution sequence, like the full length one. He launches one attack. Then there's the second evolution sequence, the full one. And then Zudamon and and Puppetmon like hit each other with their hammers. And then Zudamon loses. So we've had like a minute of evolution for one attack to fail and then to go back to Goemon.
0: Yeah, in that context, it's not very good. I did like the clash of hammers though.
1: Yeah, it was it was good, but it's not worth the two evolution sequences just to have that one shot. Yeah,
0: it was a good way to show how Puppemon was is a more powerful Digimon though.
1: He's also so small as well.
0: Like, he doesn't even use a real attack. He just swings his hammer. Also there's there's one shot around here where Gobamon just has red eyes and it's quite terrifying. I didn't see that bit. He's just got blood red eyes. <laughs> it's like when they're looking up as Metaletamon appears.
1: That sounds awful, actually. <laughs> Maybe he got hit that hard. He's got bloodshot eyes.
0: Painful. Also, why didn't he did dig- evolve back to Bucomon?
1: Because plot. So then Metalemon appears and tells them his backstory of how he was, how his digital information got spread throughout the universe, and he pulled himself together, which is all kind of weird. Then he wasn't ready to come back to the digital world until he got stronger and stuff, which is all really weird and stuff. So like, what happened to Datamon and all the other Digimon that fell into the same place?
0: Was he basically sent as packet files and then reassembled?
1: Yeah, basically. But
0: somehow he gained packets.
1: I think he got the packets of all the Digimon that got turned into it because he was the most powerful one out of them all. Probably. Which would explain why there's no Datamon or any of the other ones that fell down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's still Elvis. I liked him was nice to see him again because it's been, like, several months now.
1: I'm not a fan of Metal Etamon's design. I like Etamon's design, but Metal Etamon just looks weird.
0: He's quite bulky. Also, when he claps his hands, it doesn't make a metal sound, which is odd.
1: At least with Etamon, he looks like a, basically a person in a onesie. With Metal Etamon, he just looks like a naked monkey. It's a bit weird.
0: He's just Etamon covered in metal, literally it.
1: So he starts fighting Puppetmon because they have to fight and they have this weird fight. Like the fight, just there's lots of falling over and, and hitting things and being hit by trees and stuff. It all looks pretty weird. It's
0: very amusing.
1: Yeah, they're both kind of comedy characters or at least Etamon is and then Puppetmon's just tragic.
0: I found it quite funny to watch.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was quite fun. Even the bit they have later on is uh, also funny. Puppetmon just gets bored of the fight, decides to walk away.
0: They have very similar mental ages, but Puppetmon's just slightly older than Metalettomon.
1: So Joe, Mimi, and Ogamon just escape whilst they're fighting. And it cuts to Ty and the gang looking at Puppetmon's mansion. Ty looks at the two guards and then gives his digivice to Izzy to analyze, which is weird because, like, does that mean that the digivice is connected to Ty because he physically saw them?
0: Jenna like explained when he installed the thing that they could use the digivices to get the info on any Digimon that they've seen. So since Ty's seen them through the telescope, the super powerful mini telescope, then Ty's Digivice can be plugged in.
1: So does that mean that like when he saw them, he is connected to his digivice? So now that the Digivice picked up his brainwave that said that he'd seen them and unlocked. Their information. It's really weird.
0: Something like that. It's how the Pokédex works. You see a Pokemon, and then the Pokédex gets the info.
1: Well, no. The you point the Pokédex at the Pokemon.
0: Ash does, but Ash sucks. (laughs) In the games, it's all automatic.
1: That's because you don't want to have to press a button to get the Pokédex out and see the Pokemon. So they find out who the the Digimon are, and then they just run out and attack them, which is really upsetting because they just stood there basically minding their own business. And the gang just appear out of nowhere and just assault them. And they're like, hey, no, wait, no, we don't like Etamon either. So then Deremon, which is the the, the burb one, says that he'll give them a tour of uh, the mansion because he used to work at, uh, was it like Digi Studios or something like that?
0: Yeah, he worked at Digimon Studios.
1: Which is okay, fine. It's
0: weird. And then he says, like, this mansion was built after the digital revolution.
1: Yeah, so apparently there's a digital revolution at some point.
0: It's just all these things that probably aren't canon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I, I highly doubt they're actual things in the world.
0: So it cuts back to Joe, Mimi, and Ogamon in a tree. They're just hiding in a massive tree. They have a conversation with Ogamon about his rivalry with Leomon, where basically Ogamon has no purpose besides defeating Leomon. So once he's done that, he has no idea what he's going to do. So he gets pretty stressed at them asking questions about it. Just like, well, what will you do when you beat Leo Mon? He's like, I don't know.
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I don't like to think about it. Uh, shut up.
0: And then there's a noise outside. And Joe goes, what's that? It came from out here. Oh, no. And Puppet Man's there. It's like the quickest transition to being attacked ever.
1: You mean Metal Ataman.
0: Oh, yeah. Metal Ataman, sorry. Aha, you did it. Yeah, Joe just spouts out lines really quickly after this noise. She goes, what's that? It came from out here it's so sudden it's weird how many lines are just compressed right next to each other in this episode
1: it's almost like they didn't have enough time it's almost like if they'd just cut down some footage to make it shorter that they would have maybe had more time to let us see actual things that happen in the episode almost like if they'd cut down the evolution sequences maybe but no we have to watch the entire evolution sequences
0: i'm not sure if it's a symptom of the original shots being too short or it's them trying to put in lines are too long The metal is like, I found you! And then they all run away. It's the quickest transition to running away as we've ever seen. And then back at the mansion, where they're exploring and there's booby traps everywhere. And it goes straight through the front door and there's a jack-in-the-box with a machine gun.
1: Which they haven't edited out.
0: Nope. Machine guns are fine. As long as they're not shown being pointed directly at the kids, I guess.
1: Or in the same shot as the kids, I suppose.
0: They had to edit out the pistol that was being... Or the revolver that was pointing straight at TK few episodes ago, but this is fine.
1: It's fine. And there's a, a fire truck which someone touches and then it's a bomb and Mon throws it out a window and it explodes.
0: Apparently it's heat activated.
1: Yeah, no.
0: Not motion activated, it's heat activated. <laughs> I guess so that Pulpitmon could play with it because his body's made of wood so it wouldn't really have much heat in it. I suppose that kind of makes sense, but they probably weren't thinking that. It's probably just a mistake.
1: Puppetmon's walking back to the mansion because he's just walking back to the mansion for some reason.
0: After getting his termites fumigated. Apparently that's what he went out to do.
1: Yep. Yeah, they have to keep making these wood puns because wood puns because it's funny, right? Jokes. Ty sees a cannon, decides to fire the cannon at Puppetmon to attack him and stuff but Daramon says to do it instead even though he doesn't want to he says just don't tell Puppetmon and then uh it cuts back to Joe and Mimi and they're still running from Metal Etamon.
0: and a giant yellow lion Digimon jumps out that we don't know the name of yet I mean I, I know its name but we, we don't know as viewers yet
1: yeah I yeah I know what it is but also don't you think it looks smaller than it's supposed to
0: yeah it's like shorter than Ogamon it's probably smaller than Leomon. Not that Leomon has any relation to it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, why would you say that? Because Leomon has no relation to anything that's happening right now.
0: Any more notes? I noticed that Ty is actually shorter than Sora. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just the hair that makes him taller.
1: I didn't think Ty is actually that tall. I'm not, He's shorter than Matt and Joe and Mimi and Sora. Yeah, he's
0: probably one of the shortest. It's just his hair.
1: The The massive amount of hair.
0: And also, as much as Gatamon isn't as good as she was, I do like that she still steps forward sometimes and has these words of wisdom to offer. Just because she's a bit more mature than the other Digimon still.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad she hasn't just fallen into the background and just done nothing.
0: Yeah, she still speaks up a lot more than the other Digimon ever do. So that's good. Oh, and last thing, I like that Puppymon introduced himself with a riddle. I think when Puppymon makes jokes, it actually fits his character really well.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah. he's He still kind of likes to play games with the kids and stuff.
0: He is just a child, so it makes sense that he'd make bad jokes all the time.
1: What was your favourite thing?
0: Puppet Man. Okay. He, he just played a good part in the episode, made some funny jokes, made a display of his raw power, then had an entertaining fight with Metal Atomman and went back to the mansion. He was just a good Puppet Man.
1: Yeah, my favourite thing well, things were Mimi and Joe because they've both like become quite confident with themselves. They seem to be getting a lot of character development, especially in this episode, which I enjoy because they're probably my favourite two characters.
0: It's because they've split off from the group.
1: They get more time than just being a member of the gang.
0: For once, splitting up the groups actually benefited the episode. Overall thoughts? So it was a pretty good episode.
1: Yeah, I, I quite liked it. I think the best bit is there's no Matt in it.
0: Yeah, no Matt whatsoever. He's still thought about by Ty at one point.
1: Yeah but that's just a thought. But yeah no I quite liked it. I like when they have groups split up because we get to explore two different stories at the same time and especially with it being Joe and Mimi. It's nice to see those two have their own little moments.
0: Yeah a few episodes ago when they were split up it was just Matt moping and everyone else fighting Trashman and that was boring but in this it's Joe and Mimi are fighting Metal Etamon and Puppet Man while everyone else is exploring the mansion, so it's much more interesting.
1: At least with Joe and Mimi, they can have a dialogue between each other, which is good.
0: Yeah, they don't just have an awful train of thought.
1: And then with Ty and the gang, they're actually being proactive and trying to do something, as opposed to there's just a monster here that they have to fight for the episode. Cool, anything else about this episode? Nope, not really. It was pretty good. Now it's time for Mono Mono, where we talk about the similarities and the differences in these episodes. So let's start with our monsters of the week. What's yours? Mine is Jesse and Meowth in those dumb costumes because they genuinely believe that they can get away with being invisible in them.
0: How is that a monster? It's more endearing than anything.
1: Okay, uh, Growly. Okay, that that's more of a monster. Growly then, because it's like one of the two Pokemon in this episode and Growly's not really important, like doesn't really do anything apart from is just there for plot flavour. I'm kind of upset that James didn't take him with him, but you know, it's nice to see that James had a Pokemon before getting coughing. Didn't he get coughing for his birthday or something? I can't remember, I think so. But I don't think he got it off his family. Oh, there was some joke about it
0: my monster of the week is Jezebel because she is an abomination and she should not exist why she's awful she's like a, a dominatrix made to look like jesse which is weird why did
1: they do that because it's irony that that this person that james is supposed to be with looks like jesse because it's funny it's
0: not ironic it's just weird
1: <laughs> it's really weird that like this was a decision that that people made that oh she's supposed to let's make her look exactly like Jessie except with different hair and then let's call her Jezebel because yeah that's great it's just wrong i think she's a monster because she's just she doesn't care about james's well-being like to her james isn't a person he's a job basically her job is to be his wife and to make him an upperclassman that he's supposed to be teach him how to be that way and she doesn't really care about being with him for that she cares about being with him for that job role she's not nice no she's not okay which do you think had the best storyline
0: i would say pokemon why because it's a really interesting change of pace for the entire series and i really enjoyed it a lot
1: see i originally put digimon because pokemon was weird but i'm gonna say pokemon because pokemon was weird i think talking about it it made me change my mind like i thought it was it was a it wasn't very good because it was so different from what we were what we've already had but i think that's what makes it quite good especially the fact that you could essentially take out ash and co and it would be a the same episode if not better
0: the reason it's a good episode of pokemon is because it's not an episode of pokemon it's just not standard pokemon episode it's completely different to what the series usually tries which makes it good
1: yeah, I, th- I, think I, I think I quite liked it. Uh,
0: I'm basically saying that the majority of Pokemon is bad, but still.
1: They did something different with this, especially with it being so pokemon light.
0: I mean, Digimon could not pull off an episode where Ty is forced to marry Sora.
1: I mean, they did do Home Away From Home. They didn't have any arranged marriages in there or anything. No, but it detracted from the formula that we already had. Any similarities at all? Group decision-making. I suppose. I was going to say that there was group decision-making in Pokemon, but but not James. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I couldn't really think of any in these. They're both quite different. Very different. Because we've got, like, in Pokemon, we're exploring someone's backstory, which we we haven't heard before. And in, in Digimon, we're just getting a character, which we had seen a long time ago, return to do some more stuff.
0: Could we have returning characters? As the thing. Etamon has returned, and Growl- the Growlithe, who was only introduced in this episode, also returned.
1: Plot-wise, yes, but not show-wise, because obviously with Growlithe being only shown in this episode.
0: You could say getting origin stories for characters. We had James and Etamon, well, Metal Etamon, both having origin stories.
1: I suppose, I suppose. I know what you mean, it's, it's, but it's a very loose one. But it's better than say, no, there's none. Differences? The entire episode. <laughs> Yeah I think I think it's safe to say that one difference not maybe not between shows but within Pokemon itself is that this episode is entirely different from what we've already had before and like I said I find it weird but I think it's a good kind of weird. Even though it is filler it's like it's entertaining filler and it's also I like filler when it's filler but it also isn't entirely filler like with this it's filler but it's kind of like extra flavor towards james it's given us more backstory to him that you don't need it's not going to progress the story anymore but it's just that extra bit of depth to him which i quite like i like it when you get uh, something that doesn't really advance the plot but it just fleshes out people a bit more i quite like that which is especially for pokemon it's quite unusual because like we've said before about um, ash brock and misty they're pretty two-dimensional you've got their name what they look like and then maybe one or two traits about them it seems like jesse and james are having slowly but surely more and more character development than ash himself so which i'm okay with like we've said before like we both seem to like jesse and james a lot more than we like the other group with Digimon, there's nothing really else to say apart from it. it's the continuation of the story it's a slight in the episode it is kind of filler like etamon coming back as metal etamon doesn't really need to happen it just does because why
0: but we don't know what that will do as set up for the next episode.
1: But then again, if there is a villain that's going to come back for, like, basically no reason, it would be the joke one.
0: But we also know that other characters will be coming back.
1: I don't know who you what about, because it's a spoiler. So, after all that, which episode did you actually enjoy the most?
0: Pokemon. I just really enjoyed it. It was what... Pokemon really needed to pull something out of the bag, and it's finally managed it. And Digimon... While still good, wasn't as good.
1: At the start, like, I've written down that I enjoyed Digimon more, but it's, I don't think I enjoyed Digimon more. I think I enjoyed the moments with Mimi and Joe more. But overall, for episodes, I think it was Pokemon that I really enjoyed more. It just, it was just so weird and it was so good. So, yeah, I think I think Pokemon deserves this point. Which
0: means that the score is 23-23.
1: Ooh.
0: Join us again next time, where we'll be watching episode 47. So Near Yet So Far Fetched, and Ogamon's Honor. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments.
1: And you can message us via our Facebook, which I didn't know we had, Twitter, Tumblr, with the Warthread, and email, which are all linked in the show notes.
0: And you can support me on my Patreon, or if you want to be even nicer, just share us with your friends who also like Pokemon and or Digimon. I'd rather have more listeners than more money.
1: I think I'd rather have more listeners than more money right <laughs> now yeah
0: because it means more people to be enjoying our stuff that'd be good anyway thank you for listening
1: yes thanks for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye
0: bye Butterfree, Primeape, almost pikachu <laughs> Welcome to the Moncast. That hello sounded awful. I sounded like I was angry at people.
1: You sounded okay. You sounded fine.
0: Hello. Hi. Fine. Hello.
1: Welcome. Hi. Yeah.
0: Hoi. And welcome to the Moncast.
1: Oh, hey there. Howdy. Oh, howdy. Welcome to the Moncast.
0: Top of the morning to you, and welcome to the Moncast. (laughs) But we have awful Irish accents.
1: We're not playing this game. (laughs) Okay. Cool.
0: do you want to talk about Pokemon first why because I've looked at the stats for our last few episodes and our Digiscussion discussion has been a lot longer than our poke discussion and a much it's because we've been talking about Digimon first
1: shall we talk about it first shall we do
0: it okay <clears throat> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you the, oh my god I don't
1: get to do, I don't have to talk about I don't have to do a uh you a have thingy to do then. The plot first yeah yeah, okay which is the title of the episode <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. That was Star Wars. Was it? Was I right? Was it
0: not 20th Century Fox? I don't no, know. that's Dun. Okay. That's Legend
1: of Zelda. Don't you mean it's. No, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, tangent.
0: And then that note goes on for like... I swear it goes for a different length of time every yeah, it time. Does, just, does I, it actually?
1: They stretch it out every year. It gets like half a second longer.
0: I've no idea if um, you're actually telling the truth or not. I'm joking. I, I can never time it right when it does the last... <laughs>
1: This is the episode where they're supposed to have the him putting his nose in Matt Lampon's bum, right? I
0: have no idea.
1: I'm sure that's supposed to be this episode.
0: It probably is. Yeah.
1: And it is just one sec. Someone's revving their bike outside. Have they stopped? Um, like it is filler, but I feel like this is this is. Oh my god! Shut up. <laughs> Ugh, why? Why are people like this? Oh, it's late at night. Let's get on the loud bike. <laughs> Let's get on the loud on wheels and then go and ride it around.
0: So all we want for Christmas is for you to tie someone to a chair and play our podcast to them.
1: Do it like clockwork orange style, except you don't really need toothpicks on the eyes. Well, weird things to keep the eyes open. You can just like make sure they don't close their ears.
0: <laughs> well, they can't do I that anyway. Know.
1: I don't know what people can do. Some people have talents.
0: Some people. We are not those people. <laughs> we
1: are not those people. My <laughs> talent is to be perpetually tired. It's like a constant state for me.
0: Mine is to spend way too long playing video games.
1: You're allowed to do that, though.
0: I'm allowed. It's just not very productive.
1: I'm actually surprisingly lucid considering the, the amount of sleep I had. And then I went and watched a Star War for like two and a half hours.